Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome to the Cannon Cast, a weekly podcast from the Cannon, an SB Nation blog about the Columbus Blue Jackets. I am Will Chase, joined tonight by Pale Dragon. What's up, PD? Hey, Will. And Eric Seeds. Eric, what's up? What up? I, sp- I spent two hours yesterday frying uh, three pounds of chicken in the wok, <laughs> nice. so productive weekend for over nice. here. So, uh, well, you might have had a better weekend than Columbus did on Saturday against Dallas, but we'll dive in, so... Eric, I liked the dead cat bounce. So uh, anyway, yeah, they snapped a five-game skid. The Blue Jackets did after the vote of confidence by Yarmo Kikalainen again yeah. at, for Tortorella, and then they, you know, they won two games. Maybe not the most. Well, they look, they look, they looked good against Detroit, but it's Detroit, and they looked okay against Dallas on Thursday, eking out a three-two win before just falling flat on their face on Saturday. So. Not a very inspiring game on Saturday night, but they at least split with Dallas, right? Okay, so uh, I think it was a little bit more than a dead cat bounce, I hope. Um, So Detroit, you know, obviously is not good and they were missing key players, but uh, at least that was a game where the Jackets beat a team that they were supposed to beat. And and they looked good doing it. It wasn't like a fluky win. I mean, that that second period was absolute thrashing it was a total domination on the part of the jackets um and it, it was just a a confidence boost they needed to have things go well you guys have talked last week about you know there's just the the facial expressions the body language during that losing streak you could tell things are weighing on them so to have a game where they played well where they got rewarded with a win where they got to do it in front of fans for the first time in a year um that just created a lot of good feelings and then Thankfully, they, I think, carried that momentum into Thursday's game in Dallas. Now, Dallas was also a team that was really struggling, had only won like one of their previous 10 games coming into that. But it was, it was a different kind of game because it was more of a low-scoring game. It was more of a defensive game. But it's still the Jackets were playing their kind of game, the kind of game that the, that the coaches want them to play and think that they can succeed if they play that way, and they did. Um, you know, For the first 38 minutes, it was a defensive struggle, both teams playing the same kind of style where all right we're not going to let you get any any quality looks um but then the jackets broke through they were opportunistic with their goals they scored them in a quick 
you know, flurry three goals in like seven minutes of game time. Now letting Dallas back into it was not great, but give the Jackets credit that once Dallas got it within one, the Jackets really focused and they locked down defensively again and like didn't allow a shot on goal for the last 10 minutes of that game. So that those were two good ones because in those games, the Jackets played the way they're supposed to play and they got rewarded with wins. Now Saturday, of course, blew all that goodwill at the window. They played terrible. They played bad. They got just blown off the ice. Yeah, that, that was just that was just really bad. So uh, we'll see how they respond this week. Um, you know, the the losing streak was rough because we're just not used to them being bad for a stretch of time. Last week was maybe more like how they were before, where it's like, oh, they're just going to be inconsistent. They'll be good one game and bad the next. And uh, that's, that's uh, I guess I'm a little more used to that at this point. They beat Detroit handedly, which they should. Detroit is god-awful this season and has been consistently at the bottom or near the bottom of most power rankings all year. That was It was nice to see that, you know, after a vote of confidence, at least you didn't come out and lay an egg to Detroit, mm-hmm. the Red Wings. And then they beat they beat the Stars on Thursday. Like 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 you said, PD. You know, Stars are inconsistent. They've played so few games and had so many fits and starts due to COVID and the storm down there knocking a few games out. The Stars are a team that's just trying to find their way at this point. So it was nice to see Columbus take advantage of another team that was kind of reeling, trying to find their yeah. way. Unfortunately, Columbus started off on the wrong foot on Saturday night. They gave up that goal early. I know Columbus challenged it for interference, but it seems like no one saw what the coaching staff was seeing. Like I didn't see anyone on Twitter or any even like reporters covering the team who were like, I don't even know what the, the coaching staff is seeing here. So, you know, you, you'll lose that challenge and then you go on the power play and immediately give up a power play goal to Joe Pavelski and you're down two goals three minutes into the game and it just kind of all snowballed yeah. from there so like you said they're, they, they were more consistently inconsistent last week which while familiar i wouldn't call good or an improvement naturally you know you want to see them win a couple games that's winning but i don't you know it's it's not going to be good enough to get where this team wants to go and where this right. team talks about how it believes it it can go the rest of the way this year you know and it's it's just consistently inconsistent where you don't know what team is going to show up night to night is frankly just not good enough. At yeah. This and, point. And two I, out of I, three in a, a week when he wanted to see sustained success, obviously we want to see more of that success this week. They win three out of four, for instance. But, right. And I'm not going to not sit here and knock wins. Cause like after yeah. losing five straight, right, yeah. Right. Seeing two wins was pretty nice. Like it's just for a collective psyche, but you've got to start stringing something together and, you know, laying in, and, 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 and we're recording this podcast on the heels of laying an egg on Saturday night. Like that's just, leaves a sour taste in your the mouth. Funny, like, the funny thing is watching the game against Detroit and they looked good in that, what was it? Four to one win, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was thinking, I know it's Detroit, but they look so good right now. Passing the puck. It just felt fun. It felt good. Right. And I know a loss is a loss. Even if they lost to Dallas, you know, three to two, a loss is a loss. Five nothing just makes it seem that much worse. But obviously, you want to see the team have more uh, sustained success, and they're going to have a good test against Florida. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But real fast, I was thinking, uh, talking about that replay. So I was actually watching the Stars feed initially, just to whatever, get some extra other perspective. And uh, on that goal, 
I, I don't know. I, from some of the, I'm sure the angles were the same on the Columbus side for the most part, but uh, I could kind of see where, or at least I, I, I felt like I was able to kind of grasp at what the bench might have might have seen in terms of, you know, whether or not Corpusalo's pad was pushed for, you know, pushed back. So I thought, you know, I was not surprised, I guess, that the goal counted because it seems like that that's just kind of the way it goes with Columbus sometimes. But I could kind of see where maybe there was a goaltender interference. Well, it's it's so hard to know what exactly goaltender interference is because it seems like the replay room is very inconsistent on which things they'll uphold and which ones they'll overturn. I think there definitely was contact with Corpusalo's pad. Now, is that what resulted in the puck going in? I think what actually happened is that the puck was below his pad, but his pad was not on the puck, and therefore it didn't actually prevent... You know, that's not what caused the puck to go in. It was going to go in regardless. Yeah, I feel like that was maybe too early in a game to challenge because then yeah there's the risk of dallas scoring and then you're in a two nothing hole early which still plenty of time to fight back from two nothing but not ideal you know there's a lot of momentum that you give dallas and when it's a, a desperate dallas team they were in a situation a lot like columbus was in on tuesday against detroit where like we need to win no matter what dallas was in that boat so you give them a two nothing lead like that's going to give them something to feed off of just like i think uh, it, against detroit i think columbus was buoyed by that uh, Seth Jones goal that got overturned on replay. And I feel like that maybe fired up the team to like, no, we're going to get this goal back regardless. Um, so, but on the other hand, I can understand why Torts would want to challenge it because based on how Thursday's game started with it being zero zero for so long that he, he didn't want Columbus to be down early. You know, <laughs> we want the Jacks to be scoring the first goal like we seem to be doing in every game. So if they can get that off the board, then it's back to 0-0 zero, zero, and we can keep it as a 0-0 zero, zero game for a while until we can get our opportunistic goal. One thing I want to throw at you guys, though, the thought about this series is in, in the inconsistency that the Jackets have had, I wonder if the schedule format is playing into that because I feel like it would be very difficult to play a team the same way twice. So especially if you have a game where Columbus comes in and has a dominant win, then you have to play that team again. You got to figure that team is going to be extra motivated to come back and, and and, and in same way in series where it started with Columbus playing poorly, a, a trend, a friend of mine pointed out that in most of these series this year that Columbus has been in the road team has won the first game. And the home team has won the second game. Whether the Jackets have been the home team or the road team, it's generally followed this pattern. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I feel like that's a case where, yeah, the team that lost, it's easier for them to to make adjustments. If you're the team that won, there's nothing to adjust, really. You have to kind of react on the fly to what the other team does differently. Or I think it's just maybe the team that is coming off the loss is more motivated. You know, do, do you guys think there's anything to that? I do. I mean, I- I was thinking too, when you mentioned that, I think, you know, for a second going to the NBA, I think they have to have the same kind of trend where it's hard to sweep these two game series and neither sport. I mean, you have back to backs every now and then, but this is, this is a common theme this year, unlike before. And it's definitely another adjustment and wrinkle. And maybe it is on the coaching staff. Maybe it's, I don't know, but I do think it's probably hard to sweep these things, but you know, that's not to say that's an excuse for Columbus either to not win or at least play better than you know, they showed against Dallas on Saturday. Sure. Yeah, I would say, like, 
you're not seeing a lot of teams really and i've watched a lot of the league this year i've watched you know i bought center ice i've watched a lot of non-blue jackets hockey this year you're not really seeing teams sweep series or and if they do if you do you're seeing something like what happened to the maple leafs last week like they obliterated the edmonton oilers for three straight games held Connor mcdavid pointless and then lost two games to the trash ass vancouver canucks like <laughs> you're you're not you know, it's 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 really hard to be consistent for a long stretch in this season, but and teams let their guard down. But you'd like to see you'd like to see more consistent effort. I feel like mm. on a night in night out basis, like Columbus gave up that goal early. They challenged it. We 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 can argue whether or not the challenge was a good idea, but man, you're down you're down two nothing five minutes into the game, and Columbus from everything I could tell rolled, it just rolled over. Like there wasn't really a fight back. There wasn't really, it's, it just, and I get that it's hard. It's a long season, but man, it's, it's not really a long season this year. We're, we're 46% of the way through this thing. And it's the, the schedule. I wrote a post last Friday about how this schedule over the next stretch leading up to the trade deadline here is only getting harder. Like we're, we're about to start drawing Tampa and Carolina and And Florida, both those teams on Sunday looked, looked in Florida, but you know, Tampa and Carolina looked like world beaters on Sunday and Saturday evening. Like they're this, this schedule is not about, not, not about to do this team any favors. And for a Columbus team that's struggling to find its identity and for a Columbus team that is struggling to find, consistency on a night in night out basis the you get they're, they're kind of running out of time here i know they're they're known well as an organization for their late season runs but man you're, you're gonna have to do it against the best of the best this season and i'm not entirely sure they're they have enough runway here to figure it out and so now they have some home cooking coming up with the panthers Starting tomorrow night, Tuesday, Thursday, Dallas, back-to-back games at home, Saturday, Sunday at 5 o'clock. And on the one hand, it sounds like Elvis should be starting games again soon because he was activated off IR today. But maybe Patrick Laine might be out. We don't really know his status. But he wiped out during a small practice contact drill per Aaron Portsline's tweet earlier today. He went down awkward, coming up slowly, bending his knee to stretch it or his leg, and then left the ice. So we don't really know what his condition is. Hopefully he's fine, but it doesn't sound great. So, you know, you get one guy back, but then you might lose another guy, Your best, one of your best scorers. Yeah, I th- hope that if they, if Elvis is good to go, if they've activated him, I want them to play him tomorrow because Corby's right, gotten same. so much work. He got, he got, he got pulled on uh, Saturday, which was not really his fault but he's just played a lot of hockey and I think Corpy's a guy that he's not built to be a workhorse I think he did very well earlier in the season when it was just a straight one-to-one rotation um but the times that Elves has been hurt Corpy has has suffered being the guy this year so yeah play Elvis go get back to that rotation and I heard something during the Dallas game I think they were mentioning that Dallas had had done this and this is something that Tortorella did back in 2019 late in the season where when he gave Bob the day off, he went ahead and gave Bob the day off completely and actually scratched him and Keith Kincaid served as the backup. So I'd like to maybe see some games like that where for either Corpy or Elvis, where if, if it's not his day to start, 
give him a game where he's just altogether scratched. So he doesn't have to get dressed. He doesn't have to go through warmups. He doesn't have to get in the mental headspace to be ready to go in a moment's notice. Just watch the game from the press box because there's just, you know, so many games in, in the season. And uh, I think the goal is could use that maybe mental rest as well. And again, probably more so for Corpy because he's had to play so much more. Elvis has, you know, had his two injuries. So he should be more fresh. He shouldn't need to do that. But let's maybe consider something like that to to help these goalies out. Um, but yeah, I, I want to see Elvis back in there just for a change of pace, get back to that rotation, which I think served both goalies well at the start of the season. As for the opponent, you know, we actually played Florida really closely uh, in the first uh, series against them. Both those games went to shootouts, as I recall. So, which yeah, it's kind of ironic that for all the ups and downs of the season that we've had good results against Florida and Tampa who are at the top of the division. So uh, it's like, like we play up to our opponent or down to our opponent, depending on what the case may be. Um, and with Dallas, it's just been a case of either we win or we get blown off the ice. So there's really no in between against them. So yeah, as one of you mentioned earlier, if we can get, uh, you know, three wins out of four is what we really need to get back into it. Yep or let's say six points out of the four games, however we get them, right. would help things tremendously uh, to get us back in this fight and catch up to Chicago there for fourth place. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, I'm Neil Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I would uh, I would agree. If Elvis is active, I want to see him Tuesday night. Um, it all it's or well, I guess they did activate him today, and he's been posting on Instagram this evening. He posted a really cool picture of him in his reverse retro jersey on Instagram. So nice. <laughs> here's hoping they play him tomorrow night, and they wear his jerseys, and they bring him. Uh, they get a win. So welcome back, Elvis. Here's hoping we see you soon. And Elvis has played well this season when he's been healthy. You know, granted, he's had a little bit of bad injury luck. He did admit this afternoon. I don't know if you guys saw. He did come out and publicly say that his first injury, the uh, head injury, was was in fact a concussion when he took the puck awkwardly in practice. He did admit that that was a concussion and say, sadly, he could not uh, work on brain muscle or work on muscles in his skull, despite his effort to do so. 
and then he said, then crucially, he said that um, the most recent injury was not because I know some people were fearing that he had like a dislocated shoulder or had torn his labrum or something serious. He said it was a bone bruise. So worst case scenario was avoided for Elvis. So and, you know, I'm sure a bone bruise probably felt real weird, especially, you know, up high on a goaltender. Like that's not something you want to have when you got rubber discs flying at you at, at 100 miles an hour. I was going to say, I am concerned about the Patrick Line injury. Uh, obviously, you don't want to see your star goal scorer go down in practice. Now, granted, he hasn't been scoring goals lately, but you don't want to see a guy like that get hurt in a drill in practice. Coming up this week, uh, and we can dive in here a little bit, like Florida, Florida has been a surprise this year. Like that, that team, you know, they're, they, they, they haven't brought in a ton of they haven't brought in a ton of outside talent. You know, they signed Anthony Duclair and they signed Alex Winberg. It's all the Blue Jackets. Uh, found Chris Drieger, right? But somehow that team has just clicked. And Jonathan Huberdeau and Sasha Barkov have been outstanding this season. That that team is like if Columbus is going to beat Florida, they're going to have to score goals because that team is scary offensively. Like, and they and they and Florida will punish you for making mistakes. They are very. They're not great it does like from what i've watched of them they're not great defensively but they're fairly stout in the neutral zone and they will punish mistakes they will ab- like barkov and huberdo will absolutely punish you i mean they, they've made carter verhage like you know a guy who's going to get paid on his next contract and he and verhage's old like they're like the, that that team will punish Columbus. So they, Columbus can't afford to do what they did in Dallas on Saturday night against the Florida Panthers. Or they will they will lose. I didn't realize Barkov's uh, nickname was Sasha, so I learned that just now. But quick question for you guys. Over under, how many goals does Alex Wenberg score against Columbus this week? Zero. Or call, call it over. Under, a goal uh, and I'll be mad about it. Uh, I, I think... Uh, Florida now they have done enough to this point that I think they're probably going to get into the playoffs, but I do think they're a bit of a paper tiger. You know, I, I think Bill Zito made some nice moves, you know, improved some areas of the team. But I also think he's got a lot of guys that are playing over their heads, like Winberg, mm-hmm. for example. Also, if you look at their schedule, they have mostly feasted on the bottom of the division. They have not played very many games against the other good teams in it where they played so they played Carolina four times, and they've lost three of those games. And their one win against Carolina was an overtime game. Uh, but see, they've played the Red Wings. They've already played four times. Uh, they've played the Stars three times. Uh, they've played the Predators four times already, but they've only played the Lightning three times. They won two of those, but I, I don't. I feel like they've got a lot of games come up against good teams, and they're going to be playing a compressed schedule because they you know, had some games canceled at the start of the season due to their opponents' COVID issues. So I I think they're yeah, I, I don't know. I I feel like that team is not all that they're cracked up to be. And at some point they'll be on the other game. hand, you only have to beat the teams that's in front of you. And Columbus has not done that despite playing Nashville a bunch and playing Dallas and Chicago. That's true. No, that's not true. Florida has, has taken care of business, but I feel like things are going to get tougher for them. So we'll, we'll, I don't know. So I'm just I'm a little skeptical of them long term. Uh, now, are they you know are they good enough to beat Columbus twice this week? Absolutely. Sure. But also, I said yeah, you know Columbus played them close 
closely earlier in the season, and that's when Columbus was going through uh, some of their issues. That was right after the trade, I think, and you know we still didn't have line at that point. So, and they're going to have more fans tomorrow night, so maybe that'll help kind of energize Columbus a little bit, especially when they're. You know, maybe there's a lull in the game, power plays, whatever. That could only help. I think it helped them last week. You're talking about how, what was it, 18, 1900s felt louder than it really was type thing. So, you know, that energy might help Columbus too. But obviously they just... Yeah, that can only help the team. I'm I'm a little worried about uh, attendance ramping up that quickly. I would have liked to have seen some more games with just the 10% capacity just to work out any kinks in the system and make sure that the... The rules, which, and I think the rules in place are good rules, but I, my concern was going to be how well they were enforced. Um, you know, I don't know if I, you saw that picture that the Penguins posted on their Twitter account uh, that they, they had to Photoshop masks on some of the fans who were not wearing masks correctly. So I, I don't know how things were enforced in that first game in Columbus, but I would have liked to see a few more games with a smaller crowd just to, you know, figure things out. I do know from firsthand accounts from people who were from someone who was in the arena that at least two Columbus fans were kicked out for not wearing their masks. Oh, good. So at least they were there was enforcement. I'm glad to hear that. This was the final topic. And this was, well, see, you kind of helped with all the topics today. But this one, too, Yarmo shopping for centers. So, okay, here's my thing real fast. I know they took guys like Domi off the center, put him on the wing, Texier. My thing is, like, we want to, they want to try to take the pressure off, but at the same time, how do we know what they have if they don't have a chance to, you know, work out their kinks, play the position? Exactly. That's it. He's, he said uh, that, you know, oh, it's, it's really hard to, to trade for a center. It's like, dude, you've traded away two franchise centers in your time here. Come on. What are you talking about? Jesus Christ. And, and, uh, and meanwhile, yeah, you, you traded for Domi for the, Explicit purpose of making of having him be a top six center. Uh, you drafted Texier saying, we think this guy can be a center. Then just make up your mind and freaking play these guys as centers. Just don't forget, you've got Kevin Senlin, who they apparently view as a center. All these three guys are playing on one freaking line yeah. right yeah, now. Yeah, so that's what I was going to say. Like, you've got probably like at least eight guys who can play center in some capacity, right? Pick four. I don't care which four. Have it be Felino, Jenner, Nash, and Robinson. Who cares? Throw him at center. He's never played it before. I don't care. Pick four and just <laughs> stick with it. Just freaking stick with it. Play four centers at center. Put everyone else at wing. Have them just get used to playing a position. Domi is not going to get better at playing center if he's not playing center. Ditto for Texier. Just freaking figure it out. Pick your center, stick with it. The line shuffling is helping no one. Now, I get the guys have to eventually just show up and play and, and you know, perform, do their job, and, some, and the guy, not, not enough guys have been doing that. But the, the inconsistent play is not helped by the inconsistent lines. So just, you know, Put people in the role and let them go into that role. Ugh. Right when you do, when you don't know who you're going to be playing with, not not even on a game to game basis, on a period to period, shift to shift yeah. basis. How the hell are you supposed to play with any confidence, any structure, any 
All you are doing in this in a scenario like this is you are jerking guys around the lineup for seemingly, you know, Domi might be going tonight, but he, you know, the next night he has one bad shift and then he plays 650 mm-hmm. in uh, at five on five. And, you know, that's, that's not helping his confidence. That's not helping him learn the position. That's not helping him learn the system. That's not helping him grow with his teammates. Right. You're not you're you're not putting position guys in the best position to succeed all you're doing is putting guys in the position to overthink make critical mistakes and hesitate before making moves and in a league that's this fast with players who are this skilled you are not going to put player players are not going to succeed if they're hesitating and thinking too much on the ice when a guy like Jack Roslovic fires a puck to the to the wing. He needs to believe, based on his play and his time with someone, that Patrick Line or whoever is on his left wing at that moment is going to be there and uh, be able to receive that pass. And we're just not seeing that. We're we're seeing a lot of talented players who we've seen succeed in in roles before, or who are being expected to grow into roles, not be able to develop into them because they are being consistently shuffled throughout the lineup with no real, I mean, I, I get wanting guys to go on a different night. You know, if, if a guy's, if, if, you know, Patrick Liney comes out and has, you know, scores two goals and rings two more off the iron that probably should have gone in. Yeah. You might want to kind of double shift him with Domian Roslovic or whoever, whoever the hell at some point you have to just put your, put your lines together and just commit to them for like, I don't know, a week, maybe see if any chemistry develops and yeah, just commit to some sort. Of- yeah. Now we, we did see some, a little bit more consistency in the lines this week. You know, pretty much, I think it was the same sets. Uh, so he's been keeping line A, Roslovic Atkinson together. And I think that's a good oh, line. Now they had a bad week. Today. We're just kidding. Of course it did. Was that before, before or after uh, Atkinson, line A's injury? Uh, they had moved Bjorkstrand to that line and Felino Jenner Atkinson was a line today. Okay. So yeah. And I think that they had made that change on Saturday just to kind of mix things up and get things going. I think whatever line, whatever line that Bjorkstrand is on is going to be fine because Bjorkstrand is like the one guy on the team that seems to make his teammates better. So that's something. In the press conference on Tuesday, both Yarmo and Torx made some reference to, you know, they're talking about the lack of confidence the team was having. And they mentioned about like guys being afraid to make mistakes. <laughs> are, are you that self unaware? Why? Why? Gee, why could these guys be We're afraid of making mistakes? We're trying to find the guy who did this. <laughs> that they get benched? Oh my God. Ask in Kukin what he thinks about confidence, probably. Seriously, yeah. And why is he why is he not back in the line? Here, the uh you have Dean Kukan and Andrew Peak, who are both clearly among the six best defensemen on this team, and Peak is down in Cleveland, and Kukin has been in the press box for weeks now. It's, it's, what are we doing? As we, re- we as doing? we record, Come on. Uh, Andrew Peak had three three points in two games in Cleveland this weekend, and Dean Kukin hasn't seen the ice in ne- one week from right now. One week from right this second, as we record this podcast, will be one month since Dean Kukin last appeared on the ice for the Columbus Blue Jackets. So that's weird. Jesus, it's it, it's there. There doesn't seem to be rhyme or reason for like. I, I just don't understand. I the lineup shuffling is one thing, but you're 
as on the back end, an area where this team has struggled much of the year, you're very clearly not icing your best six players. And I get you might be trying to showcase Savard to get him out of town for a fourth round pick or whatever you think you can get for him. But you've got to find a way to get one of Peter mm. Kukin into this lineup because the back end of this lineup is just not, it's not good enough. It is frankly not good enough. Yeah. And you know, I, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine seeing, you know, more of Gabriel Carlson because he just hasn't played much for us. And we got to see what we have in him. And I, he's been all right, you know, but Michael Delzato, I don't need to see anything more of him. He, yeah, he had a, he had a nice uh, start to the season. He was, he was a, one of the better players in January, but he's fallen way off. So it's not helping the team either short term or long term to have him in the lineup play play the you know play the homegrown guys play peak play right. kukin uh this isn't rocket surgery just figure it out yeah and, and forward lines play like the young and i don't even care what the forward lines are again just you know come up with something that makes sense on paper that makes sense based on what you've seen in practice and in the past games and then just stick with it for like four games just see what happens you know yeah Ugh. Like, like I know Torch likes to live and die by security blankets and Jenner and Felino, and you may not win with the other the, the young fun guys, but you don't know unless you try. Give them a shot. Maybe Peek and Kukin and Texier and Domi and whoever else will actually score some goals and get some confidence and you know. But otherwise, we're just gonna keep mixing and matching. If if they're if they're gonna miss the playoffs this year, which various models have that pegged from anywhere from yeah very. Yeah, yeah. If the have it pegged anywhere from very likely yeah, to damn, yeah, you know, a near certainty. At least you know, let some of the young guys get a run, and you know, play play with some consistency. Play some guys in a role that you see them in long term in this organization if they're going to stay here, and just let them have a week, week and a half run in that role, and just see what happens. Like, yeah, they might they might make a couple mistakes, but hey. Maybe the kids come out and are competitive against the Lightning. You know, the Lightning were weren't all that for the last half decade, but they ended up finding ways. You know, they ended up developing young players and you know finding something in Braden Point who developed into a great talent. I'm not saying we have one of those in this organization, but it doesn't hurt to find out what we do have. Exactly. Well. That was the most passionate, fired up speech I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, that was, that was yet, awesome. So that was awesome. But no, I'm with you guys. I mean, it is it is tiring that for whatever reason, no rhyme or reason, it's it's juggling lineups, juggling doing this, playing these guys. It's just like why why just just give guys a chance, let them succeed, let them fail, make them let them make mistakes, but ultimately grow from it. That's like any of us in our everyday jobs. Like we don't know unless we have a shot to keep doing it. But anyways. That's going to uh, hopefully the Blue Jackets will, uh, you know, feast on home cooking. Like you said, PD, get six points at least. Uh, no matter how you do it, just got to start stringing some wins together and some points yeah. together. That'll do it for us this week. Be sure to check out at CBJ Cannon on Twitter. Check us out on Facebook at JacketsCannon.com, and we will see you next week. Oh, and one, and one more plug real quick. Go to jacketscanon.com. We are looking for some additional writers for the Canon staff. So if you are a fan of the pod or a fan of the site, uh, go ahead and check it out and submit an application to potentially become one of the uh, one of the new writers on the site. Mm-hmm, exactly. It's, it's fun. Come join us. We will. Uh, we'll and you can come on the podcast and you know match the fury of John <laughs> Tortorella lineups. But we'll see. But uh, anyway. We'll uh, see you all next week. (laughs) 
Subscribe to the Canon Cast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you can catch every episode. Leave us a review and a rating, and as always, we welcome your thoughts and feedback. Go to jacketscanon.com for more Blue Jackets coverage from us, and follow us on Twitter at CBJCanon. Our theme music is the song Green Eyes by Angela Pearlie and the Howlin' Moons. Check out angelapearlie.com for more music and show dates.